Okay, we're live. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. It's a Q&A episode. It's just been week four of Commit to Six, so we've just had check-ins. Andy says he's had, what was it, a thousand, a thousand questions. I genuinely think Can I've we got... we a million? A million. A oh, hundred million. I think oh, I've just a got... hundred million. Great. So, just a short podcast today. <laughs> oh, before we start... I put in the group because Sarah did her check-in this week and she she said in her check-in, I was thinking a little bit about maybe trying ice, but uh, no, cold showers. And I was like, huh, I'll maybe try with you. And then I just put in the group. So now we all have to do it. <laughs> but That's do you know what's mental? Me. That both of them, Sarah did her first today. Catherine's done her first. Washed their hair. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, you're a psycho. We just like stand under the cold water at the end for about 20 seconds and then be like, okay, I've done it. It sounds like they had their entire shower as a cold shower. Yeah, no, I'm not like, my point of the cold shower is like maybe a minute, like a minute max of just like wakes you you up a little bit. You can tell from someone who has a a full on shower like that in in freezing cold water, they are definitely on the road to being a serial killer. That serial killer, like, (laughs) Red flashing lights straight away. <laughs> it's a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug with creatine and protein shakes. Um, one of my very good friends is a Wim Hof qualified instructor, right? Sorry, Andy. Um, and his picture um, is like him sitting in an ice bath. Like he's got like this professional picture done. And he looks like the advert for making a murderer. I'll say, I'm going to send you it in the group chat. <laughs> Because it is absolutely hilarious. He looks terrifying. So what, yeah, Wim, Wim Hof looks genuinely terrifying as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. There, there'll be a lot of people who have never come back from ice baths with him. Like There are <laughs> many people under the ice that will never, ever come back. <gasps> Mainly due to the science, but yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I will just caveat this with that there doesn't seem to be any benefit physiologically that we know of but I'm just more interested like I'm hoping it's going to make me more productive fingers crossed I don't know if you could get more productive but um okay crack on try anything steroids (laughs) oh my god that's really scary yeah he does look terrifying doesn't he wait a minute that's really terrifying Oh, wow. And the thing is, he is such a lovely, sweet, kind person. But in that picture, he looks like he, he has like a whole heap of bodies in his back garden. He's got a whole heap of bodies under the ice for them. <laughs> He's like, this is my sister. <laughs> this was my sister. <laughs> okay, this question. What, so I take it you guys aren't joining in with the week of showers? Well, Shona does. Your baby might pop out, will it not? Yeah, I don't think it's... <laughs> I actually thought about getting into open water swimming and then I, I thought, actually, it's probably not a good idea to do that right now. Yeah, do you know what? I was, yeah, now is probably a strange time to take that up. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think you want to... You're not supposed to get into saunas, so, like, extreme temperatures in any other direction probably isn't a good what idea. What a shame for but, you. What's that? What a shame for you. Oh, what a shame... Uh, Andy, you up for it? No. Okay. 
<laughs> do you know what I love about Andy? Many, many things. But also that he's just like, there's certain things that he won't do. Like, for example, Clubhouse. No. No. Cold water. Cold water. No. Do you know what it was? Anything it was after 5 p.m.? No. It was like TikTok, and he was like, no, I'm not doing it. Oh, see, see, but like, see, cold water. Like, I don't mind cold water. I'm quite, I could quite happily go and jump in a stream if I was out doing it. But I'm not going into a shower to go in a cold shower. Like, <laughs> fair yeah. enough. Fair yeah. enough. Do you know? Um, yeah. so by my flat, there's um, oh, what's it called? It's called Fox Lake. Have you heard of it? It's like a yeah. There's one down, the one down beside us as well. Yeah. Well, how would park. you describe that? Like, it's a, wakeboard, wakeboarding. That's it wakeboarding on like a pulley system anyway some looks like just random man has stolen one of the inflatables like paddled out to this little decking bit in the middle of the water there and he's doing some kind like he's not leaving he's doing protest he's got his sleeping bag and everything there's loads of police around just decided to live there yeah He's just, that's his his protest. He's not leaving. Sometimes I don't even know what he's people, protesting. Sometimes people just get too much and the time alone is necessary. <laughs> I've had enough of people. I'm leaving. <laughs> but I, I don't know what he's going to do to go to the toilet. Is he not in the water? He can just pee in the water. Well, he's not in the water. He's like on a little... Yeah, just like he's a hang off the edge. Picture of the edge. It's going to be great. Number twos are going to be interesting to try and remove, though. You'd hope there's a current to move them on. There's no current. <laughs> in which case, that's going to be messy. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, so first question. You want right. to go first? Okay, I'll go first. <clears throat> when I shoulder press with dumbbells, I can feel my scapula, especially on the left side, clicking, popping a bit. It's hard to describe. It's almost the feeling of bones rubbing together. I can also feel it when I do shoulder circles. Do you have any idea why this might be? Would extra mobility help? It isn't painful, just a bit of a strange feeling. Sounds like a little bit like knots. Like sounds like you've got a couple of knots that are clicking off each other. Um, you've knots are generally just a bit are the muscle tissue just bunching up and causing what sometimes feels like a golf ball, and especially in your scapula. If, you've, if you're moving and rotating stuff, you usually find that they'll either click off another part of the muscle or potentially off the joint as well. So um, mobility-wise, there's not really much. I would probably suggest that you, if once things are back to normal, depending on where you are, if you can go and see a physio and get it ironed out, it's maybe a good idea. Um, I remember I, a physio once saying, if it doesn't hurt, it's not an issue. Yeah. Um, and and she said in the, the, thing, in the question that it doesn't hurt, um, and she, but she's not said that it's like causing any like impingement or like she's she's not able to get her arm fully over her head. Um, but it's one of these things that we can't really comment on in, unless we were there with you. Um, but if in doubt, as Andy says, get a physio appointment. Yeah, yes. I have nothing to add on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, what else can I turn to other than food? When searching for comfort. Oh, is that, is that the end of the question? <laughs> That's it. That's the question. Puppies, roller skating. Roller skating. Uh, roller skating. Yeah, uh, whenever I feel emotional, I'm just like, get my roller skates on. Trampolining. I've got a client who has a trampoline, and when she's feeling sad, she just jumps on the trampoline. 
I've not seen many people sad on a trampoline, to be fair. Exactly. There you go. So oh, that actually <laughs> might be quite a good. <laughs> also put on. Yeah, like you can't be sad when you're listening to that. The scary thing is they're probably older than you guys now. They're probably older than me. Well, yeah, they are older than us. <laughs> Well, not older. Remember, I'm older than you, so he's probably, oh, right, probably yeah. not my age yet. Um, okay, but answering this question seriously, I would, yeah. I would sort of list a couple of things to do. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it, Joan and I were talking about this this morning. Actually, is like you will feel sad at times. That doesn't necessarily mean that you need to act on that. Like that's a completely normal emotion to feel. I'm not going to say that it's always going to be comfortable, but just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you have to do X. So also just accept that we all have feelings at times and like they will pass. It doesn't mean that you have to eat to numb them. Because I think that's often what people are doing is like, oh, I feel this certain way. Eating makes me feel good for a period of time. So I'm going to eat to sort of not think about those feelings. And those feelings will still be there after you stop eating. So things we've spoken about before, like journaling, talking to someone about your feelings, getting out for a walk, getting some fresh air exercise often helps again but these things like all of these things you can do is i guess coping mechanisms or things that kind of distract you you don't really want to rely on any of them because i've certainly fallen into oh i feel anything well just exercise and then i'll feel better and it it does kind of work until the point where you can't exercise or like and then you you're kind of faced with actually i should deal with these emotions instead of quite literally for a lot of people running away from them (laughs) so yeah that would be something to consider as well like it's not always like it's not always that you need a solution to this sometimes it's just sitting with your feelings accepting your feelings asking why you have those feelings again there might not always be a specific reason and i know that that's sometimes hard as well like oh why do i kind of feel a bit sad or why do I kind of feel a bit anxious, but I can't put my finger on why? Like, I would definitely explore those things. But don't kind of spend too long being introspective and worrying about that, because it sometimes just exacerbates the problem. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I had we had this through one of the check-ins about coping strategies. And I just said, look, coping strategies are fine, but you have to deal with the root issue. Coping strategies, all you're doing is you're just... you're, co- you're covering it over and it's going to come up again later on down the line so exactly as you said deal with it head on understand that you know sometimes life just is a bit crap and you just need to realize that it's it's nothing that you can do about it it's just sometimes that's how it is and understanding that there's not always going to be an answer and that's unfortunately the issue Mm -hmm. i think isn't it yeah yeah who oh, sorry, sorry. just before, just because you touched on it there like dan always <laughs> says this i'm sure someone else has said this but this is who it like the first time i heard him say it was when it really resonated with me but sometimes you need to feel the downs to feel the ups like yeah. if we were happy all of the time happy wouldn't really even be happy anymore it would just be like well that's my normal feeling or what, now mm. i'm looking for more extremes like actually fluctuating feelings is just a normal part of life and i actually think it's part of what's good about life as well. Like you're not always going to be buzzing and actually feeling a little bit down at times makes it, it all better when you do feel great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I was going to say was um, something that you also said in, in today's podcast, Emma, was 
um, dieting shouldn't be like the, the, the main focus of your life um, and your diet equally shouldn't be the main focus of your life. And and you, I, I am a, such a strong advocate that people should have hobbies outside of like fitness and training, like such a strong advocate. And even if that hobby is walking your dog, like Andy, see if you're having like, like you just need like time away from your work, from anything. I bet you just take that dog out and you feel 10 times better. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, what I love doing, I love reading books. Knitting. Um, what's that? Knitting. I actually don't like knitting at all, but I love sewing. Oh, sorry. Sewing. I love doing it. it right, Emma. Jeez. Sure, uh, I resign. You got it wrong. <laughs> I love sitting in ice baths. I love gardening. I don't love sitting in ice baths. Um, I actually am so bad at gardening. Like I looked back at last year's uh, attempts. I, I tried to grow so many vegetables and I yielded zero vegetables but I really enjoyed it and it was just such a like a, an activity that just took my brain out of anything and I had the to... sorry on sorry, gardening I had gardening. the funniest conversation with my mum and dad yesterday like I went to have a cup of tea in the garden and my mum was like I found the biggest potato today like digging up the garden and I was like oh do you think that was like left in from last year or something and she's like yeah and I was like oh you're gonna have it for dinner and she was like no I think I'm gonna plant it again and then my dad was like, it's illegal to plant potatoes which aren't specially verified from the seed like manufacturers. And I was like, that, that is like, it's not against the law to plant a potato. And he was like, it's against the law. Like, my, but see if my, like, my dad has to come up with something for everything. But honestly, I started Googling it and actually there's an element of truth in it. Like you're not, because they have certain diseases and things like you're not allowed to just plant a potato that you've bought in tesco <laughs> but i was like this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard and then i was like oh god it's kind of true but he does that with everything and then my mom was like oh i saw some skylarks this morning it was beautiful but i was like it's not a skylark it's definitely not <laughs> like, am, am I, I was like were you there this morning no but the, the skylarks <laughs> aren't in season so it's definitely imagine not imagine sitting there and the police turn up to your mum and dad's house and they're like digging up the digging up the ground we found the body but that potato, that's the potato, that's the issue, body, doesn't matter. See that potato? Did I think someone's down? been in here illegally name, planting man. potatoes. Your dad would be like, I told you, I told you not to do it. <laughs> so funny. Your dad sounds like my friend. So my friend told me the other day that if I need to go, to, if I'm out and about and I need the toilet, by law, a policeman has to give me his or her hat to pee in. <laughs> if you're pregnant, yeah, yeah. Is that true? It's true. It's true. Yep. It's the same as um, the only people that are allowed to allow their dogs to foul are blind people. So blind up, blind, blind, seeing oh, well, eye dogs. To be like, that's fair. Yeah. Are allowed to shit in the street. Um, but there are some really, really random. Although I've never seen that. I've never I seen know, a guide dog shit in the street. I know. It's, it's really random, isn't it? There's like, you're sitting going, do you just not poo? <laughs> They're probably so well trained that they have like yeah. a litter they, tray. They pick it up themselves. I, <laughs> yeah. I wa- they, I they've watched, got their own pooper scoops. I watched one the other day and this is amazing. The, it, it wasn't a C&I dog, but it was it was like a, a service dog and the, the, the person was in a wheelchair and they got to the, they got to the, the traffic lights and the dog jumped up and put its paws on the traffic light so where you press the button and the person ran their hand up and pressed the button. That's amazing. I was like, 
That is unbelievable. And the dog just then sat down looking chilled, as if to say, job done. Let's do this. <laughs> I saw a meme today of service dogs watching Billy Elliot. And I think they're meant to watch it to like learn how to be in the cinema and quiet. I was like, that's so funny because they're all just sitting there as if to say, I really like ballet. (laughs) So good. (laughs) I I, I really enjoy that it's Billy Elliot as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question. My turn. I've heard of the podcast previously about metabolic adaptation when you've been in a deficit for a while. Is this reversible once you stop being in a deficit? Does your maintenance calories then also lower? How are individuals who have lost a lot of body fat then able to eat what appears higher calories? Is this due to activity levels and muscle? Okay, I'm in two minds about whether to answer this because I just wrote some notes to do a full podcast on it because it's come up quite a lot. um, And I think there's so many misconceptions around it. And often the problem is just like, people don't ask by how much. This is the huge problem with metabolic adaptation because it does happen. But as soon as you say it happens, and I just put something on my story about it, basically saying the opposite of this and someone saying, this is what's happened to me. I'm in a huge, you know, like I'm eating 1200 calories. I'm not losing weight. I've obviously adapted so that that's my new maintenance. That isn't what happens. Like, unless you're about four foot and you do 5,000, like not even like 2000 steps a day, very unlikely that that's going to be your maintenance but i think the problem is people don't ask by how much so yeah it's likely that if you started in a deficit of 500 calories but now you've lost a significant amount of weight that deficit will no longer be 500 calories what is likely is that you're probably still in a deficit and some people will never have to lower their calories like we've had people that have lost on 1800 calories for months and months and months and months and will probably get to the point where they want to maintain their weight and they've lost as much fat as they want to lose on 1800 calories, never having dropped their calories. But we'll have people that do need to drop their calories. So it's not like a blanket thing, but I will, Shona, if you send me that question as well, because I'll go through that question on the topic podcast for it, because I think that would be very useful. It comes up quite a lot. Yep. Awesome. Um, okay, look, um, is it possible to stay the same scale weight and get leaner at the same time? If so, why? Is it because muscle is heavier than fat? What or um, So that's question one. And the second part is, what order does the body burn its energy stores and at what point will it turn to using fat store? Can you manipulate what store it uses? Do you want me to answer first? Shoot. So what was the first part of the question? Because there's like Is it possible to stay the same scale weight and get leaner at the same time? If so, why? Is it that muscle is heavier than fat? Yeah. So yes, but also no. So yes, you can stay the same scale weight, but get leaner. Absolutely. That happens all the time. No, you can't. Like no muscle doesn't, isn't heavier than fat, but it takes up less space is the point so you would look leaner so and the whole point is that a kilogram of anything is a kilogram so a kilogram of fat is the same as a kilogram of muscle right but the size of a kilogram of fat is larger than the size of a kilogram of muscle so that's where i think people get a little bit confused and personal trainers are like pointing out those little nuances so that's just basically i know what you mean and what you mean is right as in it will look like you're smaller 
um, but the weight of something is always the same given its unit of measurement. Yeah. And that that's, is, is something that tends to happen, especially when you're new to resistance training and you've got quite a lot of body fat to lose because you are in that position where it's likely that you're building muscle and losing fat at the same time, which means that you can stay about the same weight on the scales, but your body composition be changing. Yeah. Uh, and then the second part of that is what order does the body burn its energy stores uh, and at what point does it turn to fat storages uh, and can you manipulate what it does take from um this is a really good question so usually it will probably take from glycogen stores first kind of depends on the level of exercise that you're doing and the intensity of exercise that you're doing and then it will go to body fat stores. Now, this doesn't really matter because it's going to, you need to just take a step back and look at, at the end of the day what happens. And when you're in a deficit at the end of the day, you need to take from energy stores. And that's going to be primarily from your fat stores. Now, if you're resistance training, it means that you're going to spare as much lean muscle mass as possible. So you eat enough protein in resistance training, which which is what we have you do. This is the reason why. So that the majority of the weight that you lose is coming from body fat. And you can think of your glycogen stores, so your carbohydrate stores, as like fluctuating stores. They almost don't matter because they're going to, depending on your exercise level, they're going to go up and down and you'll use your stored energy to refuel them when needed and vice versa. Like it, I wouldn't worry too much about whether it's coming from glycogen or fat, just the total energy deficit that you're in over the day that's what's going to matter yeah. <clears throat> was it my turn again yeah okay um right how do you balance eating and drinking with friends with having targets i was attracted to this program because of the focus on creating more sustainable habits so realize you shouldn't be stopping yourself from sharing meals but how can you strike a balance with relaxing your own program and being able to enjoy a meal and or drink? Uh, fear, feel this will only become more common as everything starts to open up. And this is like one of like five questions. I'm sure you've had questions similar, Andy, mm. um, about people who are concerned about the change uh, between your lifestyle now and lockdown. And then obviously everyone's coming out of lockdown and you want to, see all your friends and family and enjoy going out for dinner and enjoy social life. Um, and, and they're worried that all these new habits that you've, you've learned in lockdown um, are going to go out the window. And I would actually think that we're, we're really, you could spin it and say that you're really lucky that we've had lockdown because we've, we've been able to get all these amazing habits and like implement them. Um, like we've had the opportunity to, to focus on getting outside and getting all these steps in and, and doing these home workouts, even when we didn't want to do them, the vast majority of people have still been doing their home workouts. The gym's going to be open. That's all taken care of. Um, you've got um, so much time in your schedule and you've still managed to stick to your calorie targets and your protein targets. So I, I would just combine like the this new social life with all these new habits that you've you've picked up over the last year oh my god year um, i know does anyone else kind of feel like it's almost like new year's resolutions coming up like i feel like post lockdown resolutions like that's the mindset i'm in like okay 
things are opening up again what is it I actually want to change about my life from what I'm doing now to when things are open like what things do I want to add back into my life what things actually I'm kind of glad that I don't do anymore Mm -hmm. and how much more you know are are you going to go out and eat a hell of a lot now or are you going to be doing that less are you going to make sure that you're still like if you've taken up exercise during lockdown are you going to make sure that you still prioritize that and make time for it so I do think there is going to be a bit of a change and it will take a you know a bit from us as coaches to support that to make sure that we can help you implement uh, you know the the things that you've been doing into your new life when you have other commitments because really we haven't had to factor in social life up like for the last year yeah. so there will be a bit of change there but it's absolutely doable i mean we've been doing it for years and years before this um and we've had loads of people who have like gone out every single weekend and got drunk and still managed to get great results on commit six so it's not like a one or the other thing you can absolutely absolutely implement these things um that would yeah. be my thoughts yeah i think you, you i think a lot of people i think it's this thing where people seem to think that because the things are going back to being open again they're just it's like they're just going to go mental and just go i'm going to go out five nights a week well are you but are you really like you're probably not because it's you've still got work you're still having to go to work um i think because you've built in these good habits i think a lot of it's just about piecing the rest of it together Mm -hmm. so you built your good habits from monday monday to sunday where does and again it's 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 something that we need to put on to the people that are that the person that are people that are wanting to do this where does your body composition where does your how you are your goal of when it comes to your training nutrition sit so if you're not that bored about it, you're going to go back to socialising six days a week. But if you really want to take it in and like actually keep on going with it, there are going to be certain bits that you're going to be you're going to have to sort of maybe go. Well, actually, do you know what? I'm going to go out one night this weekend. Like I'm going to take Friday's going to be, you know, that space there. But I think a lot of that will actually be taken down by the fact that people have enjoyed spending time with friends and family. You know, that doesn't mean that you have to go out and get smashed or you have to go out and have like a humongous meal. You know, just sitting and, you know, sitting in the garden in front of a fire pit with, you know, and chatting and stuff doesn't mean you have to go mad about it. Um, but, you know, that's, I think a lot of that is just person dependent. Yeah, I think, you, know, you bring up a good point. Like, you will still have to compromise. Like you can, as much as we're like, you can have your cake and eat it. Yeah, you can. Like, you can definitely have a great social life and still lose weight if that's your goal or maintain your weight if that's your goal or meet your performance goals, whatever your specific goal is. Will you have to make compromises? Yes. Like, that's the same with everything in life. Like, you can't have it all your own way. It doesn't, you probably can't go out every single night and still get the results that you want. Yeah. Like, if you want to hear that or not, it's still the truth. Um, so do consider that you will have to make compromises, but we can show you how to make those so that you're enjoying all aspects of your life. And I do yeah. get that there will probably be this like, oh my God, we're free. And then for a week or two, at least everyone's going to be a little bit like buzzing. Oh, Although I think most people in the commit six group are more excited about the gyms opening than like the pubs <laughs> opening. So I'm not like, I'm not overly worried about that. Yep. Nah, Agreed. Um, okay, doke. Next one. I weigh the same now as I did four weeks ago, more or less, but I've lost one inch from my waist. I'm wondering where this weight has gone and why it's not showing on the scale. Have I put on muscle? 
Quite possibly, yes. Mm. Or the scale could be masking weight loss, like fat loss for mm. any yeah. number of reasons. It's just not that sensitive of a measure. But yeah, we just basically it's the same answer that we gave about the body recomposition. Can you mm. lose muscle and sorry, build muscle and lose fat at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Um, just on that, like, I, 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 this happens every single commit to six, and people will be listing all the great things that happened in the last two four weeks. Like, they got a PB in press ups, their jeans are fitting. Did better. you see Lisa got her first press up? I know, awesome. Well done, Lisa. Um. Like various other things, like they feel more, they're they've got more energy, they're sleeping better, but they're like, but there's not really been that much movement on the scales, and I'm feeling really demotivated. And you're like, but look at this bigger picture, look at all these amazing things that have that have happened. And the thing is, like, Andy's client who has lost an inch, that's that's what everyone can see. Like no yep. one, can, no one can see your weight on the scale. You don't go about with it written on your forehead, but that inch. Your waist looking smaller, that's what everyone else can see. So just always look at the bigger picture and it's not about the weight. Definitely not. I think that's the beauty of this. Uh, the the check-ins with the non-scale victories is that. But I, I do think, as well, I don't know if what you're like with check-ins, but so many people don't see the non-scale victories as victories. So like they're like, oh, I didn't really didn't do well this week. And then they put in their non-scale victories. You're like... You've just like you've done five amazing things, including something that actually like, for instance, losing two inches off your waist. Like okay. the non-scale victory, the scale, the scale here actually doesn't mean anything. Like you've created five better habits, and from that you've done this. Yeah. So, yeah also, th- if you're just purely looking at body fat percentage, let's say we care about that most, then if you've not lost any weight but you're losing inches, indicating that you've lost fat but also built muscle you're actually doing better than someone who has lost more weight like it's actually a good thing i know that it's hard to get your head around but actually it's so impressive if Mm. you've managed to build muscle and lose fat at the same time like that's even more impressive than weight loss for sure by a mile so Mm. don't be disheartened by that and i do get like it's the same for my check-ins when people are like Oh, I know this is really silly, but this is the first time I've been able to eat cake without feeling guilty. That's not silly. Like, that's a freaking massive win. Way more impressive than, oh, I lost a pound this week. Mm -hmm. Like, what's what's more long-term there that you're actually developing your relationship with food so that you can actually enjoy food and stay on track with your diet? Like, that's, that's huge. So yeah. don't don't put it down as like, oh, I know this is a little bit silly, but it was kind of a big deal for me to be able to eat carbs. Mm. That's massive. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Oh, um, <clears throat> okay, so this is a long one. I'll try and cut out a little bit. I injured my back in November. Okay, cool. How can I get out of my negative headspace? I know that doing my workouts will build my strength and I know that I'm doing, I'm not doing myself any favors by being negative. I can't stop thinking about how much stronger I used to be and how much more I could do before I hurt my back. 
So each time I go to do a workout, even though I'm challenging myself, I always feel a bit down that I'm not able to lift as much as I used to. And I can't do the exercises I used to that gave me the buzz of, of knowing I was achieving something. I just don't have the same motivation I used to. And I want it back. <laughs> I love the end of that. Also, I, I might have looked like I rolled my eyes in that, but it didn't mean to be rolling my eyes. I meant to be like, yeah, of course, it, like can't relate. As in, like, that is exactly how I feel. So I completely relate. I completely get to you. Yeah. I For me, it's been like changing the goalposts a little bit so changing which um markers i deem as performance success like will i ever be able to deadlift basically anything no like not anything that's going to be any kind of like performance weight but i just have to change what my goals are so i've managed to get pretty good at chin-ups like pick something that you can do Mm pain-free and just challenge yourself to get better at that because comparing yourself to where you were before and like now and again I'm not saying it's easy because now and again something like that will like come into my head and I'm like oh remember when I could do this or like something will flash up on my stories and I'm like I don't know doing a heavy clean and I'm like oh that felt really freaking good realistically I'm not gonna be able to do that again it's not the end of the world also remember where you've come from so like for me that just makes it quite easy like I couldn't even sit down great like compared to where I've come from that's amazing like, will I be able to do a lot of the stuff I could do before I hurt my back? No, but I'm really grateful for where I am now. And there will be days where that's harder to sort of get your head around than other days. And I'm sorry that I don't have like a, I don't, like a really helpful solution for you. But what's helped for me is just setting targets that I know I can get good at. So like for me, that's kind of upper body stuff. It doesn't hurt my back. I don't know what position you're in pain wise at the moment. And also what position you're in with your injury. Like maybe you can work on rehabbing it to the point where actually at some point maybe you can lift heavy again. So that might be something to focus on. And I get that that's boring and there isn't really much else we can say, I don't think. I don't know if you guys have any tips. No, I just think I look at you and I mean, there was a point where you could not sit down. Like you could either stand or lie down and I mean, that's that's it. Like, you couldn't do any training at all. And look at you now. And you never let the negative mindset... Like, I'm sure there was times when you felt really bad about it. But you never, ever let it stop you doing other things or channeling, um, channel, channeling like, you know, different into different areas of your life. And, yeah. I think, I think that's what you have to do. Because if yeah. you're like, oh, I've always loved lifting weights. Yeah, great. So did I. Like, that was... Yeah. And actually, you know, I've spoken about this before, but like I put so much of like my emotional, like that was my um, numbing technique, if you will. Yeah. Like if I felt anything, I just like, oh, I'll just lift some weights, I'll feel better. And yeah, it works. But then you've kind of got, so for me, that was like quite a lot to go through, that being taken away from me. And I'm sure maybe it's the same for this client here, but you have to find something else to channel that energy into. So whether that's like, oh, do you know what else I'd really enjoy? In some ways it's like, this is quite exciting because it opens up this time and energy that you used to spend doing lifting heavy at the gym to doing something else like maybe you can make your training a bit more efficient and just focus on what you can do and the rest of that energy can be spent on another area that you really enjoy and figuring that out for yourself is going to be quite an exciting thing as well 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's just that change in the change in goals. I think, I think not injury related, but certainly lockdown related for me was obviously having a studio. I can't work with clients one to one. So what have I done? I've had to look at more online work, and obviously having you, yourself to help me with that. You know, my own the, the working with online clients has gone up quite drastically, um, and that's just it's just a, a different focus. You know, you've got to always look at what what else can you do? Like what, you know, it's great. So it's not great having that thing of, oh, I wish I could still do this. Well, you can't. You're just going to have to deal with that. Like, what can you do next? Like, what's next? What are you going to do? And like, that's the thing that you always saw with you with your back was, you know, you know, you might not have been able to train, but look at the amount of um, look at the amount of stuff that you did business wise. Like, mm-hmm. you just absolutely hammered it because that's the only thing that you could focus on at the time because you could <laughs> when you're lying face down, you can use your you can use your keyboard. Yeah, thank God I worked down. online, right? <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like you know, you can. We've we've had this discussion before about sort of positivity. Positivity comes from from within, and it's about what can you do, not oh, I can't do that, mm-hmm. like. What is it? What is it? They always. What was the joke? Are you? There's a great line in a film. I think it's um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, where Johnny Depp says to the guy, he goes, he's, the guy's like being really negative, and he goes, "Are you a Mexican or a Mexican?" <laughs> you're like, "Yes." <laughs> oh, I love it's that. All about, it's all about just being. It's about being positive and thinking forward. Like you know, there's there's so many reasons why you could feel down about yourself with injury, with things that are going on at the moment, but. Is it really going to help you feeling like that? Probably not. But as if you give yourself a different goal and a different focal point, you know, there's the, the list is endless of what you can achieve. Yeah. yeah. And I would action that as well, rather than just being like, oh yeah, I'll try and think of something I can do. Like sit down today and just, you know, write a list of things that you can do at the moment, the way you can focus your energy at the moment. Because it's one thing just saying it and it's another thing actually putting it down in front of you so that you know what you can do and then you can choose where you want to focus your energies good one uh, right question from me um, any advice on abdominal exercises which focus on the upper abdominal uh, abdominal area <laughs> can't even see it I actually had a question that was the opposite like that she only feels it in her upper abs and not her lower abs that's most people it's lower abs i think but it's not so much that they don't feel it it's more that's where body fat is stored so then they think oh if i work my lower abs i'll lose fat there yeah Yeah. um easy ones for me is things like rope crunches rope crunches will generally target upper abs unless you or upper abdominals unless you understand how to like for instance tense up your your lower part of your abdominals like your pelvic floor and stuff like that um I think actually, exactly as you say, I think I actually think that a lot of people is trying to get the lower abs working is generally the, the issue, not the upper abs. But there are lots of different ones. Crunches, crunches even without a cable, um, just crunches from the floor. Your upper abdominals are going to have to t- engage the movement first. Um, and then just simple things like, for instance, like a front plank, you know, settling in the right position, front plank will help hit your ab- upper abdominals and your lower abdominals at the same time. So Nice. Yes. Uh, I need some help with my goals. My main goal is still improving running and cycling performance whilst maintaining or ideally improving muscle mass. I'm doing three to four weight sessions a week at the minute, but this will likely drop to maybe two a week later in the year to fit in more 
running and cycling sessions. However, ideally, I'd like to put on some muscle at the same time. Do you think this is realistic when only doing a couple of weight sessions a week and a lot of cardio? At the moment, I'm in a deficit and losing some fat as I thought this was the most realistic option with my training. But now I'm not sure if this makes sense when my long term is I want more muscle. Maybe I should increase my calories and try to gain muscle as well as my running and cycling goals. Yeah, I think you're stacking the cards against you if you're doing a lot of cardio and you're in a deficit. Yeah. If you want to build muscle. So you need to, at the very least, be fueling en- enough so that you're at maintenance to have a chance of building muscle in this situation. I would try and keep at least three resistance training workouts in, even yeah. if they're shite- shitely. <laughs> <laughs> even if they're slightly um, shorter. Like, even if you're like, okay, I- I'm going to do three 30 minute resistance training workouts a week like that that would be perfect i think and then make sure you're really fueling them and you're fueling your cycles and your runs as well because we don't want you in a deficit if the aim is to build muscle we wouldn't have you in a deficit anyway if you're trying to build muscle while doing quite a lot of cardio that's again a step harder i'm not saying any of this is impossible it's just you're it's a hard thing to do now you're on a a seesaw that's one-sided unfortunately (laughs) and it's you're going to have to try and work hard to try and even it out yeah, I, I personally think that like it, you'll do both not as well if you try and do them both at the same time. I would pick one or the other and, and do that really well. And I mean, you've got the whole rest of your life ahead of you. You can do them both, just not at the same time. Jack of all trades, master of none. There you go, yeah. Yes. Um, cool, right. Um, I'm limited to what weights I have at home. Would you advise higher reps at, say, for instance, 20 to 25 reps in four sets or increase sets to five or complete four sets but to failure each time? Hope that makes sense. So would you go for an extra set with higher volume or would you go for less sets and failure in every single set? Oh, I wouldn't do failure on every single set because you're really going to impact volume there. I'd maybe go to failure on your last set. Yeah. And I wouldn't even go to failure on every exercise. Like you might pick one or two in a session where you really push it maybe towards the end. Um, But we want you like close to failure, but with good form. Maybe like what people term like one or two reps in reserve. Because if you really, really go to failure from like your first exercise the whole rest of your session is going to be impacted by that. Yeah, you're cabbaged by the time you hit exercise too. So yeah, no, I would, yeah, totally. Um, I think a lot of people do seem to think that this whole failure thing is like each set to failure. I I see that quite a lot. And it's one of those ones where I think people do, we understand that building muscle is taking the, the muscle to a point of stress that failure gets you to, but you don't do it for every single exercise because you're either A, have going to have shitty form, which potentially could end up with you getting injured. Did, did either of you see the, the boy just um, popping his pick with a 220 bench? No. Absolutely horrible. Like 220 bench. And it's one of those ones where you see it coming off the rack and you're like, there's something bad going to happen here because it was just all over the place. But the, the worst thing is, is the boy pops his pec and you see it disattach from his shoulder 
across his sternum. Oh my and the, god! The guy spotting's a guy called Larry Wheels, who is like one. Of, he's just a mutant, and he just pretty much picks the two twenty up with one hand and just pulls it back onto the rack. And you're just like, you've just destroyed the boy's chest, and now you've just taken the piss by picking it up and bicep curling it back into place. Good one, big guy. <laughs> Is, is this quite an old video? Because I think I have seen this. No, no this one this one only happened, I think, a couple of days ago. Um, but there are some pretty horrible... It's probably one of the worst injuries I've yeah. seen actually happen in real life was watching somebody's pec, like bicep and pec split apart. Oh, bicep, bicep hit the forearm and the pec hit the sternum. It's not a nice look. No. It really isn't. Ew. Ew. Yeah. Okay. Ew. Is it your turn? It's Andy's turn. I think it's yours, is it not? Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Um, okay, why are certain bodyweight exercises so bloody hard? My PT makes us do this thing called Paramount Elbows with a question mark. I've Googled it, don't know what it is still, um, which I find so incredibly challenging and also I can't push myself up into a full push-up. Yet, swinging around or deadlifting a heavy weight isn't too much of a bother. Is it simply because I'm heavy and my arms are weak compared to my legs? Is, part, is that not maybe the one that you're in a front plank straight to a press-up position? So it's Yeah, like, all right, okay, so like that. Yeah. It's like yeah. a floor press. Like, to be fair, that's really hard. That's hard, yeah. That's, that's really hard. hard. Because mm-hmm. you're pushing against your own body weight as well. It's not like you're pushing straight up. You're actually having to force against it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of different reasons why body weight ex- certain exercises are tougher than other ones. Things to do with like limb length, um, just things to do with like things like range of movement as well. Like a Bulgarian split squat in body weight can burn the hell out of your legs. You don't even need to put a dumbbell in there to make it worse. Um, but you know, but then you've got other ones like you know, and I think a lot of it's de- person dependent as well. So like, you get a lot of folk who just smash out push ups for fun. You're just like, eh, push ups, whatever. Whereas other people really struggle with it. And I think a lot of that also comes from like your your mind as well. So you're like, oh, push ups, I hate push ups, I don't want to do them. Or you're like, push ups, piece of cake, let's just fire out a few push ups. And I think a lot of it comes from that as well. But um, and I would say as well that like you you mentioned that you can deadlift quite heavy, but you really struggle with push-ups. Mm-hmm. So common for women. Yeah. Like most, and I, I say so common for women because I'm the complete opposite, but most women have a much weaker upper body in comparison to their legs. So it's not, it doesn't surprise me that you can deadlift quite a lot, but you struggle with upper body stuff. Like that's just an area that you'll have to keep working on. Um, but that's a really hard exercise. So I wouldn't, again, like I think sometimes people just expect it to be easy because they've seen someone else do it or something. Like, it, it is really hard. Yeah. That's why you find it hard, because it's really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Cool. Okay, next question. Is it normal to be in pain after physio? It was a, just a tight muscle, but I ended up with bruising. Is it okay to work that muscle after, or should it be treated like an injury? Ooh. I would definitely so yes. ask your physio this. Yeah. <laughs> Surely you'd yeah. be like, ow, that really hurts. Am I allowed to train it now? Yeah. yeah. I, I generally general rule of thumb is is that you don't train the body part for give it a, a, at least a day's rest. So if you, for instance, get it on the Wednesday morning, I wouldn't ch- train that body part until probably Friday. So mm-hmm. give yourself 24 to 48 hours just to recover. Um, mm-hmm. I have been in the position where I have been bruised from 
physio because of just the amount of tension across. Like, I remember using going on a, a trigger point course, like the foam rolling stuff, and they got me to do my pick. And as I took my T-shirt off, it looked like I'd like run into chicken wire because my chest was black and blue and the lines of the foam roller. Um, and a lot of that is just the fact that, you know, a physio's getting deep into amongst, amongst your muscle and giving you, a, at times, a fairly good battering. So it's it's the same as anything. If somebody punches you, you're going to get bruised. If somebody's d- digging deep into a muscle, you're probably going to find that the circulation that m- circulation is going to make you bruise it, off it. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, I, it's one of those ones that, you know, so many people, I've seen so many Dafties doing this, like go to physio. Oh, I'm going to go. I've, I've been been to see about my hamstring. I'm going to go and do squats now. Well, you've just pretty much negated the, anything the physio's done for you because you've just went mm-hmm. and screwed it up again. So, give it a bit of time, give it a bit of rest, and then just see how it feels. Yeah. Also, just listen to the physio's advice because, like, we can't give injury advice. We don't know. Well, one, yeah. none of us are physios, but two, like, we can't even see you to see what it it might be or the yeah. injury that you have or anything like that. So just just make sure you listen to what the physio is saying, and and if they do say you know like take five days off exercise, do it, because it could save you a hell of a lot in the long run. Like if if five days off means that that little niggle, niggle never turns into an injury, then take the five days off, because yeah. if you ignore it, it can often just get worse and worse and worse, and then it turns into a really big problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's quite. I've run out of questions, but I've just had been tagged in one. And... Oh, I haven't. <laughs> okay, well, do you want to keep going with your question? No, no, this... go go for this one. Is this tagged in the group? Yeah, it like, literally came in. Is this Rosa? It's fresh. It's uh, Rosa. D- this just in. Um, j- this just in from Rosa. Um, hi, I haven't lost any weight or inches since I began four weeks ago, and I haven't gained either. I'm consistently about 100 to 150 average lower calories than I was recommended, not on purpose, and getting all my protein and steps in, but not doing all exercises as I have a shoulder injury. Um, should I change anything? Shona Denovan didn't suggest... I'm like, who's that? Uh, Shona didn't suggest a change after checking, but I'm less chill now than I was when I read her reply. I'm reaching the well of nothing ha- is happening. I'm going to eat that box of magnums stage. I just want to fit into my jeans again and it feels like I'm stuck. Right, so I just went and checked her check-in. She says that she's hitting 1,500 calories per day and that's like 150 under than what she's recommended. Um, She's been getting 10K steps per day and she's done two lower body sessions per week. What should she do? Well, I would up steps to 12,000 if possible. Um, I would also, and this is not like, I'm always really careful with the way I say this because I don't want this to be like, you're probably not tracking accurately, but you're probably not tracking accurately. And I'm saying that from a place of most people can't track accurately, like dietitians can't track accurately. So I would just kind of have a little review of that as well. Are you adding in everything? That means like condiments are in there. That means that the oil that you cook with is in there. That means that coffee is in there. Tea is in there. Just make sure there aren't little things that are adding up. Maybe there's some inaccuracies with my fitness pal. Just make sure that that's all on track as well. Because I would very much expect you on 1500 calories to be losing body fat. Now, there are numerous reasons why that might not show up on the scales. Again, we can look at those sort of habits of are you actually measuring 
every day first thing in the morning do we have an accurate representation of your weight is what i'm getting at or could mm-hmm. it be that we've missed a couple of fluctuations and actually you are trending on the way down but maybe this is the week before your period or there's another reason that you're retaining a little bit of water this week which means that the body fat you have lost is being masked on the scales mm. i would bet that it's a tracking issue 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 um the other thing to do and if you want to do this and like post it under your comment here in the group is like just take a photo of all the food you're having during the day and and we can sort of gauge okay like maybe there's some really simple swaps we can make that are going to enable you just to make a simple swap and then that'll that'll sort of get the ball rolling with fat loss so don't stress about it and well done for messaging in the group yeah. And we can make some simple changes, but certainly what I don't want you to do and what tends to happen here is either what she's mentioned, which is, well, it's not working anyway. I must be broken. I'm just going to give up that. Or I'm going to drop my calories to 1200. It'd be completely unsustainable. And then that turns into a binge restrict cycle. So both of those things we really want to avoid. So I'm really glad that you've message because that tends to be what you decide yourself if you don't speak to your coach about it one of those two options so we can make sure that we can avoid that yep totally agree because that was going to be my concern like I, I really don't like telling people to go much lower than that like I just think if, if you're already having I'm I'm just going to face plant a box of magnums then you're going to have that 10 times worse if you're on like 1200 calories yeah guaranteed yeah definitely cool right um creatine and breastfeeding yay or nay a different creatine question today start taking it now and take it every day for the rest of your life You're going to have an absolute monster of a baby. It's going to come out with like 17-inch biceps. <laughs> Deadlifting for fun. You have to wean it off after it's born. <laughs> well, okay. So I'm, I've been taking three grams of creatine every day and I've not stopped. For the rest of your life? For the rest. I might, um, do you know what? I might even increase it to five. <laughs> oh! Three for you, two for the kid. <laughs> um and 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 if you think about like what creatine actually does then i I don't see any issue in you having it well well you're breastfeeding i agree i don't i don't see any issue that we always say this when we talk about pregnancy and what we suggest in it everyone's just so cautious which is why i would just be like ask your doctor because you just kind of don't want anything to go wrong however if it was me would i keep taking it yes 100 percent. there's no reason like shona saying there's no physiological reason why that would have any negative impact whatsoever and the only mm-hmm. impact i can see is a positive however with pregnancy you're all, always like uber 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 careful so i'm always just like speak to your gp about like if you're worried about something speak to your doctor like bear in mind mm-hmm. we are just personal trainers <laughs> Exactly. And I am so desperate to get the Pfizer vaccine or any vaccine, like a COVID vaccine. Uh, The reason that I'm so desperate to get it is because I know that as you get to the very, very end of your pregnancy, like you are possibly more at risk. Maybe your immune system is weaker. And that's why I'm really desperate to get it. But they're just not giving it. Um, My sister is breastfeeding and she's been given the vaccine. But then I know another girl who 
went to get the vaccine and then the person who was giving her it said, you need to stop breastfeeding right now. And she had to have it for her work because she's a, an optician. So like she had to, like normally obviously you would wean a baby off breastfeeding, but she had to stop it from that afternoon. And that was like a really difficult thing to do. Um, so it, it, again, there's like, that's so much bigger than creatine and there's still no no answer. Um, but yeah, I, I just really want a vaccine. <laughs> If yeah, me too. Any any spare vaccines? Just post them my way. Okay. Just saying, I'll be I'll be the first one to get it because I'm an old man. No, you won't. No, you're not. Like I'll you're be, not forty I'll, yet. You're I'll get it before you guys. No, because no, it's not done on age. It's only like high risk people, is it not? No, but then it's done on age after. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So thirty to thirty nine is the age bracket. So I'm in the same one as you, Andy. <gasps> Well, when I hit 39, I'll be technically in the 40. That's how I'm hoping. <laughs> I've got ages to wait. Exactly. Yeah, hey, you Shut your face. Okie next question. I wanted to ask about maintenance. I'm not quite where I want to be, so likely another round of fat loss after the initial six weeks are up. However, having been on a diet for most of my adult life, is there any benefits to taking a few weeks at maintenance before going back into fat loss? Or should I just get fat loss done and then move into maintenance? I have Emma's voice in my head saying that if you're any good at fat loss, you'll only need to do it once and you'll probably and you'll need another goal. Problem is that I seem to be able to lose weight, but then I put it back on. I know this time it's different, but still curious to hear if a diet break could be beneficial or just keep on trucking. Such a good question. The, the other thing I want to just reiterate even though I'm not sure this is what she meant but a lot of people are like oh so I'd need to set my you know the next six weeks or the next round of committed so the next month it will be fat loss no when you're ready we just move like you don't have to commit to a certain period of time that's why we do check-ins because if you're like oh I've lost all the fat I want to lose we're like great let's set some new goals let's move you up yep. to maintenance like you don't have to give a certain timeline to that the second point is I think the benefit for you of a diet break at the moment would be purely psychological. So that's up to you to decide whether you need that at the moment or not. And then obviously discuss with your coach. Okay, actually, do you know what? I probably would like a week at maintenance and then I'm going to go back into fat loss. Or you're like, do you know what? I've got really good habits in place. I'm in a really good routine. I don't feel over restricted. I've got a lot of energy. Things are going really well. I'm ticking along. Let's just get rid of the, you know, get rid of the fat that I want to get rid of. And then let's go up to maintenance and let's make sure that you're focused on that goal as well. Because it sounds like what's happened in the past is you've lost the fat, thought, well, I'm finished now. And then gone back to previous habits and routines and how you're eating and how potentially how you're exercising things. And that's when the weight creeps back on. So make sure that you do spend a period at maintenance, focusing on maintenance with our support and you will be able to keep that body fat off. Yeah. I think the, the diff, I think a lot. So many people think that the, that they have to choose one or the other. So I'm only able to to go into fat loss. Well, no, we can. You know, the, that's the whole beauty of having the coach a coach's eye over what you're doing. Is that you know, if we look at it, say for instance, you're looking at a check-in and you see that, you know, we've been really struggling. It's maybe time for you to move back to maintenance because otherwise we're going to start having a binge rest, a binge restrict. You know, you're going to start getting to that point. You know, so maybe it's time to have a bit of a diet break, and also. You know, this whole thing about being in fat loss for your 
adult life, like maybe it's time to sit back into maintenance for a little while and just relax a little bit, you know, rather than stressing and chasing losing losing weight because that's generally what people try to focus on is is losing as a scale weight rather than the only reason someone's in fat loss for their whole adult life is because they've been putting the weight back on in between those times like if you lost that and then were able to maintain that now i'm sound making it sound like it's such an easy thing to do i'm not saying it's easy but the whole point here is that i want her to lose that fat and then just be able to continue for the rest of her life yeah like 100 get it out of the way um or if she you know i mean and that makes me sound like fat loss is the only thing like absolutely not maybe she decides that she's happy at the body composition she's at at the moment but i what i don't want is for her to spend the rest of her adult life feeling like she has to constantly diet or yo-yo on and off diets 100 percent, perfect Right. Uh, when do you know that your maintenance calories need to change? For example, as you build more muscle, do you gradually up the calories? I am just so hungry all the time, but I don't want to up my calories to be in a surplus. Great question again. So what happens after you diet? And I'm actually going to come on to this in the metabolic adaptations uh, podcast that I'm going to do. Or I guess reverse dieting, metabolic adaptations are kind of going to cover all of this. But you have some adaptations to dieting, i.e. you'll end up moving less is probably one of the key ones. And when you come back to maintenance, that you won't, like the next day that you come to maintenance calories, you won't suddenly start moving more. It takes a little bit of time for those adaptions to unadapt, if you will, or readapt to the new normal. Which means that, yeah, like, let's say you finished your diet and your maintenance calories were around 1,800. In a couple of weeks, they might be closer to 2,000 because you've started moving more. It's not necessarily that you've built enough muscle during those two weeks to increase your metabolic rate. That is another factor, but it's way less. Like, it's depressingly less how much (laughs) uh, muscle mass you'd have to build to increase the amount of calories that you require. I can't remember what the stat is now. It's something like, it's like 10 calories per one pound of muscle or something. Like it's like really, really low. Um, So that's probably less of a factor, but the fact that you're moving more and you're eating more, that, and maybe you're a little bit heavier as well. All of those things will contribute to an increased total daily energy expenditure, which means that your maintenance calorie needs will be slightly higher. So it could absolutely be that you've started moving a bit more and that's why you're a little bit more hungry. So we can increase your calories. You'll know if you're in a surplus, if you start trending up the way for a period of time, if you just like what will happen when you go to maintenance is you will, your weight will increase from food volume, from a little bit of like, maybe you've had saltier foods, maybe you've got different foods, like maybe just usual fluctuations, which occur. So don't get too hung up on the scales, but if over, a month two months you notice that your weight is continuing to creep up okay we've overshot it you're now in a surplus we need to bring those calories back down perfect okay do we want to make that um the last one because it's been over an hour (laughs) yeah and i've got 15 left to go oh my god andy do you know that's because you didn't have any the first time exactly they're saving them all they were like, yeah. 
Okay, um, thank you very much for listening, everyone. The next intake of Commit to Six is now open. So if you want to sign up or if you have a friend and you're like, they would love Commit to Six, I think they should join. Send them or send yourself to esgfitness.co.uk forward slash commit to six. Also, get onto your podcast subscriber and drop us a five star review because you know we're worth it. And one more thing. (gasps) Remember what we agreed we would close the podcast out with last time? Andy? Go fuck yourself. One.